Welcome to another episode, episode 32 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold and my co-host Griffin Warner is here. Unfortunately, Griff and I are on a little of a skid, but it's nothing to be worried about. We are on 2-0 in our best bets from Wednesday. Griff, uh, maybe I shouldn't have went with Brian Bello, the rookie starter. I got a little excited. I play MLB The Show all the time, so he is one of the, the uh, face of the franchise or future face of the franchise cards that comes out and he's on there pitches great in the game i was like maybe you get a nice start uh, clearly not the case for the young rookie well video game handicapping is an interesting strategy i haven't thought about that necessarily myself <laughs> but yeah um i think brian bello got a little nervous in his first take at a big taste excuse me of the big leagues and i think as expected struggled a little bit seemed like he had a Pretty tough command profile coming up from the minors, but that's what you get from these big debuts. Sometimes they're awesome, sometimes they're bad. I, I wouldn't call Bello's start, or excuse me, Bayo. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe his start as bad, but uh, it seemed like he had a little trouble with a pretty quiet Tampa Bay Rays lineup. But at Fenway, anyone can score a lot of runs. As for my best bet, um, it's really, really awful beat on the Diamondbacks who went up four nothing and never scored again, including what the Giants broadcast called the best reliever in Major League Baseball, which is maybe a little bit uh, out there for Joe Mantiply, considering I'm sure everyone has his tops card. Uh, but yeah, he blew a 4-2 <laughs> lead in the eighth, and then uh, predictably it all went south in the ninth inning. Um, big win for the Giants, though, especially going into a big series this weekend. Yeah, and we'll get into our series spotlights, and and that might be one of the series spotlights to break down on Friday episodes. Just to remind everybody, on Wednesdays, we do fan questions. If you have a question to, to, um, that you want us to answer, please DM both of us or tweet at us. We'll give you our Twitter handles at the end of each episode. But before we get into our weekend series spotlight, I'm going to talk about the pregame.com game center. It is the thing to use at pregame.com, it is up to the second um, information that you need to know. You can't watch live scores and odd changes in real time for any sport. It's like being right at the sports book, but better. The Game Center will give you the odds for the biggest and best sports books in Las Vegas, online and offshore. That's very important. Do you want to see what teams, totals, or specific wagers are being bet on? You can do that at pregame.com game center by simply clicking on the tab. Real-time money and ticket counts are displayed for every single game. So before you bet, increase your chances of winning with the pregame.com game center today. Griff, I want you to lead off and give us give the fans, give the listeners what your series spotlight is for this weekend. I'm going to pick uh, San Diego and San Francisco, uh, a series of two NL West teams. It is, I believe, in San Diego. Um, starts tonight with a pretty pretty good matchup, pitching matchup, and Logan Webb at Joe Musgrove. Uh, don't see a starter confirmed for the Giants on – Friday, but we'll see what happens with that. But it looks like Blake Snell, you Darvish, and Mackenzie Gore, who I imagine is going to run into an innings limit at some point this season. But he looks like he's been stabilizing a little bit. 
Uh, and then for the Giants, so we have no confirmed starter for Friday, but then Carlos Rodon on Saturday and Alex Wood on Sunday. I would give the pitching matchup to the home team uh, and based on what San Diego has been able to do in that ballpark. Uh, but I'm a little nervous about the San Diego Padres and their hitting because it's been very quiet ever since Manny Machado hurt his ankle. He's been playing lately, but it's been pretty quiet himself. Uh, Padres currently four and a half games ahead of the Giants, but six games back behind the Dodgers. Pretty big series. Um, they play 19 times, but pretty big to get a foothold in the division and potentially even extend that lead further if you're the Padres or if you're the Giants who are coming off a long losing streak that they ended last night, as previously mentioned. Big series for them. to as They're only two games over 500 uh, to start fighting for a wild card berth, potentially, because it looks like the division is too far out of their hands. I love these um, matchups, rivalry matchups, in-division rivalry matchups right towards the All-Star break. You kind of give the fans a little taste of what you might see in September. You know, got teams that are fighting for second place or fighting for first place. Big series for the Giants. They're 10 and a half out of the Giants, or excuse me, of the Dodgers. But if they continue to lose in dramatic fashion or just get you know losing games in um must-win situations like this series you were just talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks are right behind them they're they're five games back of the Giants and you never know they can creep right back up and even try to get third place so I'd say this is a bigger big series for the San Francisco Giants um love the pick Griff my pick uh, I guess you can say it was kind of obvious it is the Yankees huh, was and it the Red- it, the Yankees. Well, I mean, look, this is the this is the number one series for the weekend. Yankees Red Sox, biggest rivalry in baseball, is a four game series. And I was just checking the schedule, Griff. I think there's like five matchups that are going in a four game series this whole weekend, which I think is very cool. Uh, I want to say the the Phillies. I'm sorry, actually, the Phillies and in the Cardinals are three game series, but there's a lot of four game series in this weekend. The Yankees and Red Sox. I'm excited for. Starting on Thursday night, which is what we're recording right now, is Garrett Cole versus, uh, let's see the guy's first name here. This is, I think it's Wachowski is the guy's last name. but That's good enough there. for us. Yes. Game two, we have Nestor Cortez and a TVD for the Red Sox. On Saturday, we have a Montgomery for the New York Yankees and a TVD for the Red Sox. And then... To end this four-game series on Sunday Night Baseball, Jamison Tyone versus Nick Pavetta. Very underrated matchup right there. I think it's going to be very underrated. Jamison Tyone has pitched very well this season with a 9-2 record and a 3-6-3 ERA. And Pavetta has been pitching pretty well as kind of a back-of-the-rotation type guy. Uh, we saw him a little last year and towards the end of the season for the Red Sox and even the postseason. I got him a spot in this rotation. Right now, the division is looking like the Yankees, of course, are 14 games up of the Red Sox and the Rays and 14 and a half of the Blue Jays. You know, the Yankees get swept here. It is not a big deal in the standings-wise. It's definitely a big deal in matchups just between these two teams, between the Red Sox, excuse me. But the Red Sox need this series in the worst way. You're playing at home. And you're versing your arch rivals, and they already know they are going to be way underdogs in the majority of these matchups here. I want to say this matchup for tomorrow. We have no line for Cortez's game tomorrow, but uh, I'm just very intrigued to how how Judge plays. What's really funny 
Griff, I don't know if you saw the starting lineup at all. It's you know, starting lineups don't really get a lot of buzz, right? Because you kind of figure whoever else will be playing. Judge is in the starting lineup for this game. I cannot understand why. I understand he plays every single game. He wants to play every game, but I'm. It's baffling when you're trying to face. You're facing your your arch rival in Fenway. I mean, wouldn't you want your star player hitting third in that order? It doesn't matter if it's center field or DH. Uh, well, the idea in modern day baseball seems to be try to get your best players as many at bats as possible. Um, you could argue that on certain teams, you want to have as many as possible, uh, as many base runners as possible for the best hitters. That also puts a ton of pressure on the pitchers, but um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hate the idea of putting your best guy. There's some guys hitting first that don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, maybe Aaron judges that guy because he has such a home run power. Um, but you know, I feel like getting as many shots at Josh Finkowski, I think is how to pronounce his name. We'll go. I mean, that's a guess at best, but, um, and then, I mean, talk about a, a group of stellar starters for the Boston Red Sox. You got a bunch of TBDs. It looks like to me um, that we got Connor Siebold and Cutter Crawford, great baseball name, but that's certainly not a murderer's row of pitchers to take on murderer's row. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to how the Reds tell it, honestly how the Yankees bullpen can do late in games against this lineup. The lineup is what has kept this Red Sox team afloat. Totally. Griffin and I, Griffin and I have been talking about it. Uh, I think lately more than any more than any team talking about how bad their bullpen is. And you've been mentioning that having Tanner Howell at the end of that pen has been, you know, it, it, a savior because that bullpen is very bad. You can't have Brazier trying to save games in the eighth against <laughs> the Red Sox or I'm sorry, excuse me, against the Rays or the Yankees. But I, I'm I'm really interested to see if Boone gives Chapman an opportunity in this series. I wonder what that's could be like. Cause last time he was out on the mound was not good, but enough of that. Those are our series spotlights. I would suggest watch a lot of baseball this weekend because there are great matchups and we're about to dive into Friday's matchups right now. Griff start us off with this Miami Marlins and New York Mets matchup. Yes, of course. Um, as requested, it's Pablo Lopez and the Marlins visiting Chris Bassett. Two pretty good starters, uh, two teams that are fighting for, I don't know if you'd say playoff berth necessarily, but uh, the Marlins are fighting to at least get back towards 500. The Mets uh, with a great record, 20 games over 500. Currently, Bassett is a minus 152 favorite over under seven and a half. And that feels like a lot of runs for two lineups that can be pretty quiet. I am very interested in how Pablo Lopez does in this matchup because his last few starts, I would say his last four starts, he let up first of all on June 17th against the Mets um, at City Field. He let up six earned runs, and then he left zero runs against the Rockies, five against the Cardinals, and two just of his last start against the Nationals on July 3rd. Something to look into. Pablo Lopez is one of the better pitchers in the game. I'm assuming he's going to make the all-star team. Honestly, depending on how his next two starts go. Because the RA has climbed a little bit. is now 297, where it was around 1-8, low twos, 
around the, the end of May. Funny thing for Chris Bassett, though, Griff, when I was looking this up before we started, Chris Bassett's last two starts were against the Marlins, and he pitched pretty well. Six and a third innings pitch, three earned nine Ks on June 19th, and on June 25th in Miami, seven innings, three earned five Ks. And I think he just came off the IL. So this is an interesting start being now it's three starts in a row against the Marlins. So it's a lot of experience in two starts. I mean, we can sometimes he might, you know, pitchers might face a team multiple times in a season, but it could be a month separating each other. So you got to look into that from the Mets perspective and also from the Marlins perspective in the lineup. This is the third time they've seen Bassett. Maybe they can maybe figure him out. But on the same side, Bassett has had some somewhat success against the Marlins so far this season. So kind of an interesting matchup. Um, I'm inter- I'm very uh, skeptical that Pablo Lopez might not be. I don't know. I, uh, Pablo Lopez is better than Chris Bassett, so I feel like the, the line's a little weird. Eh, I don't know. When you look at the two teams and how different they are in the standings, I think that speaks to it. I also think Pablo Lopez, as you mentioned, his ERA is climbing. I expected the climb even further because I just feel like against decent competition opposition, he's not very good at uh, striking people out. And I think that's I a think big problem. One thing before you go to the next thing, um, next matchup here, the New York Mets watch him over the last week, weekend. I, you know, I watch him almost every night, but kind of watching the last weekend at two weeks, you can really tell how clutch this team is. And I, and I think people that bet on baseball, I know that's the last thing you're thinking of when it comes to betting on certain teams or certain matchups, but really looking at that lineup, we talked about on Wednesday when looking at prop bets and stuff like that, but really analyzing rosters and matchups, the Mets are a clutch team. They are, they really are. And that's clutch in both senses, both offense and on the mound as well with Diaz having one of his best closing seasons since he was a Seattle Mariner just a few years ago. Yeah, clutch gene, uh, Robert Horry style, except on the baseball diamond. Next we'll go Washington at Atlanta, Eric Fetty at Charlie Morton. Uh, currently, Charlie Morton is a minus 250 favorite, which Woo! you probably will see a lot of those because uh, the Nationals are horrible. Uh, over-under is nine. I don't see a reason to back Eric Fetty because he's going to get a neck injury watching the ball fly over his shoulder. Yeah, crack that neck a little bit. Uh, yeah, this is the national team that is is they're going to have a tough time against Morton, whoever it is, if it's against the Braves or kind of anybody. But I just saw today that Nelson Cruz is uh, getting looked at by a few teams, kind of an obvious thing. But one of those few teams <laughs> I just yeah. saw was the New York Mets, which I think that's a huge bat if the Mets uh, can propel themselves even further in that division. But yeah, Eric Fetty's going to have himself a hard time in this matchup. Next, we'll go Pittsburgh at Milwaukee. James Brubaker, or excuse me, JB Brubaker at Aaron, some some Ashby, some version of Ashby. Um, Aaron Ashby. Aaron Ashby. There we go. Uh, Ashby's currently minus two hundred one favorite, so two dollar favorite over under eight and a half. Um, the Pirates have been playing better. I gotta say, um, look good today in the early game, but I just don't know how much I believe in. Uh, them going on the road to Milwaukee where they're going to be at a huge bullpen disadvantage, just hoping to get the ball Red Sox style to their closer. Um, but <laughs> Ashby laying this type of number is, is monstrous. Yeah, looking at Ashby's season, it's just odd. I mean, both both these pitchers aren't great. They have high four ERAs. Brubaker's got a mid four. 
the records aren't great either. They're not your prototypical, you know, they're they're your home run pitchers. They just give a lot a lot of bombs. They're not going to give you a lot of innings. Hopefully, Brew Baker might be. Um, I think Brew Baker, I would say, is a little bit better than Ashby. But I think the Pirates are happy that they're not in Pittsburgh right now because they just got molly walked by the Yankees and that kind of hurt their bullpen a little bit in the whole uh, staff. Uh, Sixteen runs. How many wins did the Yankees get in Pittsburgh? Though I'm I'm curious. I I forgot the total. I for I forgot the I forgot it too. You know I don't know if you because they lost me. to Jose Quintana of all. I know it's guys. embarrassing and, and unfortunately, and that's why win differential is a joke because uh, position players are finishing half the games with these bad teams, which might end up giving us some value on the uh, dregs of the earth because they'll ultimately be looking like a lot worse teams if you're going by. Uh, run differential but I think unfortunately the idea that if it's six runs or higher you can use a position player it's just obscene but good job Rob Manfred and I'll yeah at, I, I think the whole, I yeah I, I you know what I don't know who, who hates Rob Manfred more me or you and I think <laughs> you're leading that category right now but yeah I think the whole six run lead thing where if you wanted to set up a pitcher in I teams are just giving up faster and I, I don't like that you want to have some competitiveness but we can call the whole podcast just on that. But yeah, um, this matchup's gonna be pretty interesting because both these pitchers stay. <laughs> Yet one's a huge favorite. Next, we'll go Philly at St. Louis. Zach Wheeler at Adam Wainwright. Uh, currently, Wheeler has moved from a opened underdog now is a slight favorite minus one hundred eight. So pretty much pick them um, over under seven and a half. And this is a, a rematch of Sunday Night Baseball, uh, which seemed to be pretty safely in the Philly um, pocket. Uh, at least I, I don't know if I watched it live, but I saw the score was falling along. It seemed pretty easy. Zach Wheeler started the year slowly. Um, didn't really have a spring training, but he's been pretty good since. Uh, Phillies are hitting the ball. Kyle Schwarber is about as hot as uh, as uh, Rihanna. And uh, I think it's just one of those situations where um, St. Louis, you know, they're a tough park to play in. Maybe things change from a venue change, but I got to say, I, I lean to the Wheeler side. I know I've picked the Cardinals and Wainwright a few times on both sides. Like I think I got both a win and a loss here. The Phillies <laughs> the Phillies are hot, and the hottest guy on that team is Kyle Schwarber. He is on fire, just dropping bombs at left and right. Wheeler is back to where who, who, we, who we know. Like from last year, he was unreal last year. I, I like Wheeler on the road here against a Cardinal team. I mean, they're, they're both the same team and essentially they're just every other day they're great or they stink. And I really want Wainwright to have a nice outing, but I I just don't know if with the, with the hot Kyle Schwarber, I don't know if that's going to pan out for, for the Cardinals. Well, it's it's just the way that Wainwright's built. I think he he pitches the contact, doesn't strike out a lot of people. And if there's anything the Phillies are, are there to do it's to strike out if you can't do that that means he had three chances at a home run every at bat and that's uh that's a lot uh next we'll go to the desert um for chad not so cool at zach gallon uh rockies at d-backs currently zach gallon minus 145 favorite over under is eight um there are no runs scored in the desert unless the uh diamondbacks have a lead essentially um chad cool has been pretty good has had some really good outings but that's kind of been the story of his career We'll see how long he can stay healthy. Uh, but ultimately, just a, a really big number for an Arizona team. That's not very good. They're probably better than the Rockies, I think, in the grand scheme of things, but not by much. 
I like Zach Gallon in this matchup. I feel like I've liked the Diamondbacks almost all, like recently a lot of their a lot of their uh, uh, matchups here. Your boy Chad Cool, not so cool. Love the reference every single. It seems like every episode we get a Chad Cool reference there. We yeah. love to. We love. He to likes see to pitch it. on the weekend. You know, I, I think really Bud does. Black likes to party. <laughs> I think he does. But uh, Zach Gallon uh, against the Rockies in his last start, July third in Colorado, six innings, three earned, four strikeouts, two walks. I like Zach Allen here. I really do. Zach Allen really sh- he he does show some signs of looking like maybe he's like the ace of this team, and then sometimes he looks awful. Like this uh, two weeks ago against the Padres, left six or in runs. But I, I like Allen in this one. It's probably what happens when you pitch with a uh, torn UCL. Next, we'll go San Francisco at San Diego. My series spotlight. Don't have a starter, unfortunately, for the Giants. I'm wondering if it's a bullpen game after Sammy Law came in. With a huge strikeout to close the game last night, maybe they give him a start in this one after bailing out Camilo Doval. Um, but I, I do like San Francisco's chances just because I think they can hit the ball better than San Diego. And Blake Snell should be a favorite on the San Diego side. And I think we all know that he's about as trustworthy as the weather. Next, we'll go Chicago Cubs at Dodgers. Keegan Thompson at Tyler Anderson. who finally got a good start. Uh, but that was against those San Diego Padres who aren't hitting anything at the moment. Um, currently, Tyler Anderson above two dollars, minus two ten, over under eight and a half, and uh, so that gives the, the Cubs about a thirty three percent chance to win this game. I think Keegan Thompson has a thirty three percent chance of being really good or being awful, uh, and that's not a great situation to be in. But um, big series should be a big crowd, plenty of Cubs fans. I just don't know how much that matters. I really like Keegan Thompson, I, and I, I know this is going to be uh, it. Most likely, will be a lopsided uh, final here with how great the Dodgers are and how Tyler Anderson has really just come out for his best season of his career. But looking at Keegan Thompson's uh, outings this year, he's not really going the distance. Maybe going five innings, maybe six. You know, he had a couple really bad starts. He had against the Orioles. The, you know, the, the Yankees, he only hit recorded two outs. And other than that, he's been pretty impressive for not having a lot of experience, only two years under his belt as a Chicago Cub. But he might have a, kind of a tough start against this really great Dodger lineup. Next, we'll go uh, to an American League with no probable starters. I mean, it's, it's kind of silly. There's not a lot of lines to discuss here. Uh, Angels visiting the Orioles. Um, currently, I, I don't really know, I guess, I have, Reed Detmers calling yeah. up, getting yeah, called I, up I, from, yeah, from the Angels yeah, that's what uh, I at Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells has been really good. Um, if he actually, I do see some lines out there currently Tyler Wells looks like a minus one ten, so about to pick them both ways, which is about where this line was for tonight's game until the Angels moved to a favorite right before first pitch, uh, Reed Detmers, huge strikeout numbers in the minors, nothing really, um, to show for it in the big leagues got a curveball and that's about it uh but tyler wells has been really good hasn't struck out a lot of people he's been better about that lately uh and the orioles are, are sneaky good man that that bullpen is i think far better than the angels so i guess we'll use minus 110 over under is looking like eight and a half right now um the angels road trip it just keeps going it went from houston went east to miami going further east potentially i'm not exactly sure my geography what's 
more East Baltimore or Miami, probably Miami is, but regardless, they're not going home anytime soon. And that's not a great thing. When teams go, if, if it's a West Coast team or East Coast team going to the opposite coast, it ain't easy. Those those road trips are 12 or 14-day road trips, and they're not fun. And if you're losing on those road trips, that's even worse. And if you're an Angels fan or you're, you like bet on the Angels, I don't know if you want to bet on them in this series because of the inconsistencies uh, from what we see in their pitching. And, you know, Detmers threw the no-hitter this year, but other than that, he really hasn't done much. And with Tyler Wells, he's a pretty average pitcher. I'd say he's pretty – I think he's a little above average. I think he's pretty good being a reliever last year. mentioned that a few times in the pod. But I, I, I agree with Griff here. The bullpen is low-key nasty, low-key nice for the Orioles – it's not going to shock you. It's not going to, like, wow you. But, you know, they get the job done. And I think they're going to have an all-star out of there in Jorge Lopez. Lopez is their closer. I think he's having a pretty decent year. Um, I think he, he had a very good month, month of June, I want to say. I, I got to look up the stats real quick. But I don't admit, Yeah, he, he cooled matter. off He cooled off a little lately. Um, there are rumors that it's because he just wants to stay at, at, as an Oriole for as long as possible. But that's definitely a name that's getting traded. I don't know if he would take a closer job somewhere else, but he'll probably be good enough to pitch like the sixth inning for the Dodgers or something. Yeah, I, I'm looking at his stats in, in his month of June, like mid-month. I'm, I'm just looking at some numbers here. His ERA was under one as of June 29th, and then Ju- July 1st and 2nd let up a total of four runs back-to-back games. That's what the ERA is kind of now, and now it's ERA is at one eight three, but majority of the year, that, that his ERA was under one, and that's Going to be a valuable piece for any team going forward. And Griff says it all the time. I say it. If you are a a team that's competing to win the division or even advance, go to the pennant, win the World Series, bullpens are a must. And Jorge Lopez might be number one guy on the list right there. And I think Anthony Santander might be another uh, trade piece that I've been hearing around talking to some people in the business, they say that's kind of a name they're, uh, they're hearing that might get moved. But besides that, I think I like All right, name dropper. Next we'll go to your series spotlight. Uh, the Yankees and nasty or not so nasty anymore, Nestor Cortez, <laughs> visiting the Red Sox, and Connor Siebold, who's been okay, but I don't really know what he's going to look like against the Yankee lineup at Fenway. Um I mean, the, the Yankees should be favored in all of these games. Uh, yeah. Not that that's really a surprise to anybody, but I guess for big Red Sox fans and me growing up in a, as, a, as a New Englander in Red, in Red Sox nation, I mean, it's a little bit surprising to see how far apart these franchises are. I think the Yankees are usually a favorite, but um, not this size. And, and so I imagine we don't have a line currently because, of course, there's a lot of TVDs all over. But um, I'm curious to see if you think that Nestor Cortez gets it back here because he's been struggling. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats here. He had a nice bounce back start after two rough starts. June 21st against the Rays, couldn't get out of the fifth, let up four earned three home runs against the Rays, which the Rays don't hit home runs at all. So that boosted his ERA from 194 to a 231. The next start against the Astros at home, five innings, three runs. And he let up just one home run, but struck out seven. But the bounce back start, which I mentioned just before, against the Guardians on July 2nd, six innings, one earned, six strikeouts, lowering that ERA to a 2-4-4, which is what it's sitting at now. Cortez has pitched against some pretty 
pretty decent lineups. And I'd say this might be, besides the Astros, I would say this is going to be his toughest matchup yet because of how deep this lineup can be. That middle of the order with Bogarts, Endeavors, and J.D. Martinez, you can even throw in. I, I, I'm almost positive I'm, I'm correct, but Kike, I don't know if he's hurt because I really haven't heard he's much. Been hurt he's been hurt for he's a been while. He's been hurt. Jared right? Duran's been pretty good at, at the yeah. top of the lineup, though. Story, Story as well, and Verdugo. You know, Story's freaking average is at 225, I guess, is the kind of player he, he's going to be outside of Colorado. Um, but yeah, the, the bottom of the order for Red Sox stinks, but it's that middle of the order. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy for Nestor Cortez. So I think I would say this is going to be his biggest matchup yet. Yeah. I mean, all you can really point to in the AL, I mean, it's, it's a fair amount, but the, the Astros, I think have the longest lineup in, in, in the league. And then the Yankees probably with a more, more power and more potency in certain spots, but then. Maybe the Blue Jays comes up next, but like the rest of the league, I mean, there's there's not much better than you can do than, than the Red Sox. So that'll, that'll always keep them in it. I just don't know uh, how much that will necessarily matter. Next, we'll go um, to, I guess, very Minnesota. close to where I live currently. We'll go Twins at Rangers. I the bet that a gray, a gray will win this game. Sonny Gray at John Gray. Currently, Sonny Gray, a slight road favorite, minus 109, over under is eight. Uh, John Gray's been really good. Sonny Gray has, I mean, he's going to get hurt at some point. It might be this start, it might be the next one, but he's oh, been really good for a while now. Uh, the Twins have been crushing the ball. I think I'll, I'll lean offense to the Twins, uh, bullpen to the Rangers, because any bullpen is better than what I watched yesterday of the Twins that blew not one, not two, all the way five different leads yesterday before getting walked off for the first time they were trailing a game. Nope. I had no money involved with it. Actually. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I like the Rangers cause I like John Gray and he's been pitching really well and he's been playing well at home. Didn't do very well at city last weekend, but um, pretty tough game. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how far the twins get bet up here because I just, I don't believe in that bullpen. I'm just counting on numbers here uh, in Gray's sunny Gray's last six starts. He's only let up seven runs. I think pretty that's good. Pretty freaking Probably good. Probably not going deep because I have uh, fantasy, but but I mean he's getting. Got, go ahead. We got seven innings, six innings, five, four, seven, and five. He's doing what he usually does. I mean, the ten strikeout game against the the Tigers is an anomaly. That doesn't happen. He doesn't strike out the world. He might get five or six or four strikeouts around there. I like it's it sucks because I really like Sonny Gray in this matchup. But that bullpen for the Twinkies is suspect. The offense is going to be there. The starting pitching from Gray, I think, will have a nice outing. It's just a matter of can the Twins' bullpen just hold it? Can they hold it and grab a W for the Twins? And that's something to really think about, again, when betting on games. You can't just look at the pitching matchup and look like that and just look at that and say, all right, I want to bet on one team. You have to look at everything, lineups, matchups, bullpens, everything. So I, I want to bet heavy on the twins in this game, but I, I don't know if I. Well, can I can tell you my uh, your experience on so high much. school. The pride of my high school, uh, Rocco Baldelli, has I I don't want to blame him for being a bad bullpen manager, but maybe he doesn't have a lot of options back there. But like I, I mean, blowing five different leads in a game is is pretty tough to do. Uh, I got to say, some of that was Joe Ryan not being good, but he got taken out pretty quickly to bring in a gas can um, 
in Pagan. And I just, I don't know, not, not a huge fan of, of my, uh, not my classmate. He's a little older than I was, but uh, one of the, one of the Hawks from Bishop Hendrickson. Next we'll go Detroit at Chicago, Tarek Skubal at Lucas Giolito. Giolito minus 156 favorite over under is eight. And uh, the Tigers are really bad. The White Sox somehow can hit lefties because they basically are right-handed only uh, in their lineup. I would love to find a reason to back Tarek Skubal because the White Sox are a disgrace, but I'm not sure I can do it. I was about to interrupt you, but you said it. This, you, you just said I, you're asking. I want to back him, but I would suggest people do not back Tara School. School if you want to back Schoolbull when he was you know pitching really well in May and June, go ahead. But he has just been awful the last month. Just been terrible. We have. Three or and four or and five or and six or and three or and five or and he's let up. He's walked the world. His ERA in June first was at two one five. Now we're sitting on July seventh, and it's a nice four oh six ERA. Not, Not so nice. good. Not nice whatsoever. It is high and ain't good. I know the White Sox are so hit or miss, but the Tigers lineup is not great in school. Bowl. Maybe this is the starting pitch as well, but like Griff, Griff just said, the White Sox love hit, loved hitting lefties. So I don't know. It sucks because Scooble was looking like maybe you can, you know, be one of the candidates to start the All Star game. We were seeing this in the in the early months of May and June, but not not anymore, man. He's just falling off. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's got a good sinking fastball. Um, Problem is, major league hitters crush sinkers, and I don't know that he really has enough else that makes anything dangerous about him. So we'll move on. Next one is uh, Cleveland at Kansas City. I guess we got a lot of AL Central to, to survive this weekend. But Savali at Brady Singer. Singer, a minus 112 home favorite. Over-under is 8.5. Um, it's a little weird for me to see the Royals favored. I I'm say. shaking they, my head, too. They've been a little pesky. And they are certainly facing a guy in Aaron Savale who can get lit up, but he stabilized quite a bit from a really poor start to the season. Brady Singer, I, I mean, I think, feel like he's just the guy. So I, I lean to, especially when you, you look at Stalmont not being part of the Kansas City bullpen right now because he's, I think, on the injured list. Um, it's really a battle of potential bullpens here, and I, I like Klasse slightly better than than uh, Scott Barlow. So I lean to the, the, the tribe, excuse me, the former tribe almost went there. Uh, the guardians, uh, the Cleveland Ians. And uh, that that's where I sit for right now. What was the last time we saw the Royals as home favorites? Honestly, I, I, I need after the pods over, I have to do a deep dive and see when the Royals were home favorites the last time we need an intern. We need an intern. Hey, look, if you want to help us out, DM us intern, an unpaid intern. Come on over. Yeah. We need some help. Yeah, we don't have a, we don't have a lot of budget, but we uh, would love an intern. Yes, to look up this kind of stuff is very important. But yeah, Savali has really been rough this year. He has not been good. He is a fly ball pitcher. Unfortunately, turns the fly balls into home run balls. And Brady Singer has shown some signs of being a very dominant pitcher this year. He had some early starts at the beginning of the year, seven shutout innings against the White Sox and the Twins. Uh, on June 26th, he almost won a complete game. 
Uh, he won eight and a third innings pitch against the A's. I know it's a double A athletics, but it's still pr- an impressive. In a loss, also, right? I know. Didn't he yeah. Lose that game? I, I think he did, but just going the distance is what I, I really want to see out of young guys like this. And his last start against the Tigers, not so great. He only went four and two thirds, but struck out nine. So I would say it's tough because the the Royals lineup can't produce much, many runs. And that is really what's going to hurt this Royals team in this matchup and for the foreseeable future. But uh, I don't know. Savali ain't great though. Yeah. Especially with uh, uh, Salvi Perez on the, on the IL um, with a torn UCL in his thumb. Cause there are more UCLs than just in the elbow, apparently uh, for my doctors out there. Houston then visits Oakland after surviving a game with those pesky Royals today. Uh, Verlander was trailing for a while, but I think, uh, ended up potentially getting a win, maybe. Um, and looking at Jose Urquidy at Paul Blackburn, but one of these guys got announced late, apparently, because there's no line out there. Sad, because Taylor loves backing Paul Blackburn. And he's uh, he might be coming down to earth, though. So I don't know exactly how, how in love Taylor still is with uh, the guy from Oakland. I like him because he's really the only consistent pitcher on that on the team. I mean, Frankie Montes as well can, I'm sure he won't be an A for very much longer. Well, he's hurt. He's hurt. So that's not great for them. If they had any right. hope of trading him, I think they're going to pretend he's not hurt, but I think, I think he is. Uh, you know, this, this Astros team has been extremely consistent and that's why, I mean, watching the angels just really just destroy their season in a matter of two weeks and the Astros didn't budge and they just kept winning games. This is now their this is their division, and these are just tune-up games for certain pitchers like Arcidi to get a better outing. The ERA is kind of high. Maybe you can lower that ERA down, save the bullpen some rest. Maybe you can go the distance, maybe six, seven strong innings. So Arcidi might have himself have himself a nice outing. Yeah, and uh, you know, just one of those things where the Astros not only did the Angels go through a 14 game losing streak, their manager shaved his hair into a mohawk and it never was seen by the players, but they also just got swept in Houston by those same Astros. Next, we'll go to another game of no line Toronto at Seattle. My guy Ross Stripling at George Kirby. Um, huge, huge series for Canada. All of Canada roots for the Blue Jays. That crowd will probably be 80% Blue Jay fans, and that will be. Fun to watch. It's always a good series and makes me think that the road team is sometimes undervalued, but I feel like in recent seasons, Toronto's always favored. Uh, I would expect do a little line making here. I'll expect Toronto to be favored slightly, uh, but I'll lean to Seattle as I always do. And then I'll just enjoy the pain of potentially backing them. And then last but not least on this card, we'll go Tampa Bay at Cincinnati in early game. Shane McClanahan at Luis Castillo. And currently Castillo is a one, excuse me, McClanahan's a minus 145 road favorite over under his eight um, might be a tough venue for Shane O'Mac, but uh, I think he's uh, a lot better than the Reds than Luis Castillo. Who's not doing a great job as a trade candidate right now. Um, all that sort of stuff. This might be in my opinion. I really think this could be a double digit strikeout game for McClanahan. I want to say this Reds lineup is kind of left-handed, Heavy, I want to say they got what Votto, they got Tyler Knight, Baquin. Um, I think Mustakis is still healthy. I, I want to, yeah, he got a yeah. sack fly winner against the Mets this week, right? Right, right. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of left handed dominant. And Votto 
being one of their better hitters really stinks against lefties. So maybe uh, maybe this could be a nice little outing, boost that ERA a little lower, get the strikeout total a little higher, get a nice W for the Rays. I think McClanahan will have a nice start. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and without further ado, uh, I'll go into our promo, 20% off. Uh, if you use the code PITCH20, 20% off for listeners of this podcast only. Thank you, as always, for listening in, tuning in. And for that, you get 20% off a purchase using Pitch20 on the uh, pregame website. You can get uh, professional picks like so many Ps, hard for me to say. But uh, you get professional picks like my own, which usually come out each night before I go to bed, uh, shooting for midnight central time. But I don't usually make it by that time. So uh, if you're up late and you want to see who I'm going with the next day, uh, feel free to come in. Also, other great handicappers out there as well. Uh, Pitch20, use it. Buy some picks if that's if that's what you're into, or just you know play our best bets, and that's what we're doing the rest of the show. Um, I'm gonna give it to my co-host Taylor for his to lead us off because uh, we really need to change the mojo here. And 0 and two in our last pod is not good enough, and uh, well, I want a two and I want two and too, and I am. I said it before that I am. I really want to bet on this team, but I'm just so nervous about it. But if we want to be on the edge of our seats, we want to kind of have a little more excitement on our Friday night. We don't know if we're going. I like exciting. I like exciting Friday nights. You, so yeah, so do I. And if I can enjoy an exciting Friday night and a W at the same time, I, I'm I that that's a great Friday night. And I think I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins. Sonny Gray oh. ha- has had himself a nice season. He's been pitching pretty well, very consistent. Like I said before, he's only allowed up seven runs in his last one, two, three, four, five, six starts. ERA is nice and low. The Rangers lineup isn't that great. It's a lot of power and a lot of strikeouts while swing and miss. So I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins, minus 109. I'm taking the better Gray in this matchup than Sonny Gray. Yeah, you know, the, the gray guy will win, at least on one side of the coin. Uh, I'm going to go with, since it seems like a real line, I'm going to take the Baltimore Orioles, Orioles, easy for me to say, and Tyler Wells. I think he's been pitching well enough um, that it's weird to, to give out the, the Orioles as a favorite. I would expect this one might even close an underdog by the time uh, this one first pitch is thrown, as it happened tonight with Jordan Lyles, who currently leads the Angels, but I'm sure that will change pretty quickly. Um, but I, I do like the Orioles. I think they're a better team, better bullpen. And that's the most important thing to me, especially Reed Detmers. This hasn't really had it, hasn't really shown it in the bigs. So I'm going to take the Orioles minus 110. You can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Please hit uh, Taylor and I up with as much as you got talking about, uh, especially for our Wednesday show. But, you know, we like feedback at all times. Anything you want us to cover, anything you want us to talk about, hit us on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Taylor, give us yours and get us out of here. You heard it. The two best bets, great ones. If you want to hit me up, you go on Twitter. You type in my name at Taylor Ringold, T A Y L O R R I N G O L D. We have Griffin, who wants the Orioles. I'm taking the Twins, two American League teams. We're shooting for two and all on our best bets. We appreciate you guys sticking around on a Friday. Have a great weekend. We will catch you guys on Monday. Do not forget, on Wednesday, we'll do fan questions. Please hit us up. DM us, tweet at us, whatever. Go on our Instagram. Go email us. My email somewhere out there. You can find that if you want. 
go and talk to us. We want to hear from you guys. We appreciate you guys always. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some baseball this weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.